Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. We are on episode 91 Yes, that is right. 91. That was a good year, wasn't it? I think. I don't know. Maybe. Could have been. Anyway, hey, uh, today we're going to be talking all about uh, doing audience Q&A. This is something that a lot of speakers do, especially if you're doing a speaking in a, in a smaller setting. Maybe you're doing a, a workshop or a seminar, some type of breakout session. Then then doing audience Q&A is really, really effective. It's a powerful tool to use. So we're going to get into that in just a second. But before we do... I want to remind you, you've been hearing me talk about it, but today is your opportunity to jump in on it. We have uh, released our free tickets for the Speaker Lab Summit. This is a virtual online summit we are doing where we're going to have over 40 of the best of the best speakers that we could possibly find who are in the industry, who have built very, very successful businesses. They know what they are doing. They know what they are talking about. And so we have, in fact, I just, I ran the numbers just out of curiosity's sake. I ran the numbers. If you hired all of these 42, 43 speakers to come and speak at an event, it would cost around $615,000. No joke. Not making that up. $615,000 to hire these speakers to come speak. Isn't that crazy, right? But here's the deal. Again, you can get your ticket for free. For free. No joke. We're not messing around here. And so we've got speakers like uh, like Pat Flynn and Tim Sanders and Andy Anders and Dan Miller. The list just goes on and on. You, you got to stop by the site. You can go over to the Speaker Lab Summit dot com the speaker lab summit.com to pick up your free ticket that's right you can get a free ticket the summit's actually going to be happening september 11th through the 23rd but you can during those days you if you have a free ticket you can watch those we'll stream those for three days for each interview so you're going to want to make sure that you jump in on that immediately but you can't attend if you don't have your free ticket so again stop by the speaker lab summit.com and pick up your free ticket now All right. So again, we're going to be talking all about audience Q&A today. So uh, let's get right into it. Here we go. Here's a little uh, conversation, chit-chat, chat-a-room. Enjoy. All right, boys and girls. So today we're going to be talking all about doing audience Q&A. Now, this is something that depending on the context of where you're speaking, what it is that you're talking about, audience Q&A can be, it can be fun. It can be scary. It can be dangerous. It is very, very live. And, and that's one of the things that makes it fun and also makes it very, very scary because anything can happen. Like you cannot control what someone is going to ask, what someone is going to say whenever you open the floor and take questions from an audience. So again, that's that. That's what makes it interesting here. So we're going to talk about a couple different things relating to audience Q&A, how to do it, how to conduct it, how to deal with with potential issues that may happen or come up. So let's get into that. Now, 
Audience Q&A, it's generally going to come at the end of a presentation, which means it can leave a great or a poor final impression. So this is why it's so important that you know how to do audience Q&A and, and take some, some feedback and knowing how to handle it so it does leave people with a good impression and not just a, a weird, awkward, bad taste in their mouth. Now, deciding whether or not to do audience Q&A and how long you'll actually do it depends on various factors. So number one, it's going to depend on the type of presentation. So Typically, typically audience Q&A is more common in a workshop versus a keynote. In a workshop versus a keynote. Workshops are typically going to be more casual, more relaxed, uh, smaller groups. And so typically it's going to work better in that type of format versus if you're doing a, you know, a keynote for a thousand people or something in a big conference, Q&A just typically doesn't work in that type of setting. One of the other factors is going to be the size of the audience. So the bigger the audience, the harder it is to do Q&A. You just have more people. It's harder for everyone to hear. It's harder to hear people's questions. It's just harder con to conduct. So typically, the size of the audience is going to be a factor in, in whether or not you do audience Q&A. Another factor is going to be the size of the room. The bigger the room, the harder it is to do Q&A. Because again, people are going to be farther away from hearing the question or hearing your answer. And so you're going to have that to contend with. And then the other factor is going to be the length of presentation. So if you don't have much time to begin with, there may not be that much time for Q&A. So if you're just doing, for example, I just got hired to do a 20-minute keynote. Well, in 20 minutes, that's that's not much time. So I'm probably not going to do any type of Q&A in that 20 minutes. Now, if they want to do something later, that may be different. But those 20 minutes, I don't have much time. So there's not much time to do Q&A versus if you're doing, let's say, a uh, an all-day seminar, there's probably a lot of time in there that you could do some Q&A and it, that may work really well. Now, how much time should you do Q&A? Well, it depends on these various factors, but usually, you know, 10 to 15 minutes is a good amount of time for Q&A. And the more often you do Q&A, the more often you'll start to hear some of the same questions. And so if you're getting the same questions every time, the one thing you may want to do is you may want to consider modifying your presentation to answer those questions within the presentation. Again, this comes from just the more often you speak, the more often you do Q&A. If you're like, man, I, I just get these same three questions every single time. I speak on this subject or topic, then that should be a, a signal to you. Okay. Not a red flag necessarily, but just something that should be letting you know that, Hey, this is definitely something that you want to incorporate and you want to include in your talk. Now, whenever it comes to doing audience Q and a, a couple just general guidelines here, I would give you just because someone has their hand up doesn't mean you have to call on them. It doesn't mean you have to let them ask their question. So there's been times where I've been giving a presentation and, and someone's got their hand up. I see they have their hand up, but just because their hand is up doesn't mean I need to, I need to call on them. Remember that as the speaker, you are the person that is in control of the room. You're the person that is setting the tone for the room. And so if you are just, just haphazardly calling on people who anytime, just because they raise their hand, it's, interrupting the flow of the presentation. You are there to provide value. You are there to provide uh, training and content and, and inspiration or motivation, whatever the case may be, to that particular audience. And so you are the one that has to be in control of that setting. And so again, just because someone has their hand up, uh, even if you're not doing Q&A or even if you are doing Q&A, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to call on them. Another guideline I would give you is to ask people to raise their hand if they have a question. Don't just let people shout out questions, okay? Uh, that's something that can become very, very unorganized. It can become very just overwhelming. So uh, I always just ask people, once we get to that point, hey, if you do have a question, go ahead and raise your hand and I will call on you. Again, it, it helps you to maintain some order and control of the room. Uh, another guideline here, 
is to always, 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 always repeat the question for the audience. I promise you there's always someone who didn't hear what the question was. And so you start answering a question and they're like, wait, wait, what? What is the question? You always, no matter what it is, repeat the question. Now, if someone's asking some long-winded question, sometimes they just didn't take the time to think about the question and they just start going into this monologue and it, it becomes several minutes. Then part of your job as the speaker to repeat it back is you're not reciting the story that they just told. You're really just kind of synthesizing it down. So so for the audience to all be on the same page, not just for people that didn't hear it, but for the whole audience and to make sure with that person who asked the, you know, who told their long story, just so you make sure what the question is that they are asking. Another thing I would recommend would be to keep your answers short and sweet so you can get to more questions. Uh, and this is one thing that you can kind of read as you go is that if you say, all right, let's do some Q&A. So if you have a question, go ahead and put your hand up. If there's basically like nobody who's putting their hand up and then finally someone puts their hand up after a little bit of prodding from you, then then you can do a little bit of a longer answer. But if it's something where you ask for Q&A and you've got 10 people raising their hands, you can't give really long answers for every single question that you may be getting. Now, let's talk about how to handle certain Q&A situations that may come up here, all right? So let's say, for example, that you're doing Q&A and you just have more time than questions, okay? You are just not getting many questions. Maybe it's just not a responsive audience, okay? So a couple things that you can do is one is to to determine again if this is a good, if the audience is good for Q&A. So you want to kind of uh, read the audience before you get to the Q&A section. Do they seem like they're engaged? Do they seem like they want to be there? Do they seem attentive? Do they seem like they may have some questions? Because if you get to the point where you're just reading this going like, I just, I don't think they have any questions and I don't think they're super engaged, then that may not be a good fit for Q&A. You may just know going into it that I'm planning on doing Q&A and there's probably just not going to be many questions, if any questions at all. Another thing that I would recommend if, if you, again, if you're doing Q&A and you just, you just don't get many questions, you can always end early. Like there's no need to keep people there longer just to fill the time. Well, I've got 10 more minutes. And so we're not going anywhere until someone asks questions. Like, don't do that. Like no audience was ever mad because the speaker ended early. So if you need to just end early, that's fine too. Now, if this happens frequently, let's say you do a couple different sessions where at the end you're doing Q&A and nobody's ever asking questions, you need to figure out then at that point if your presentation or the topic needs work. Like typically, if you're going to be giving a presentation, it should be uh, it should be causing some type of reaction, some type of questions from the audience. And so if you're just every time, man, every time I speak, nobody asking questions, I guess I answered them all. That's probably not the case, right? It probably means that there may be something off with your topic or your your presentation. Okay, let me give you another situation where maybe you might have whenever it comes to a Q&A time. Let's say, hypothetically, that one person won't stop asking questions or is more confrontational, all right? Uh, a couple things I would recommend here. First of all, remember that this person most likely is annoying the crowd as much as they are annoying you, okay? So remember, they're probably annoying to everybody and not just you. Again, one thing I said earlier is, again, just because they have their hand up doesn't necessarily mean that you have to let them ask their question or you have to call on them. You can totally ignore them. That is totally okay, be very careful because how you handle a situation like that, you may cause the crowd to turn against you. If someone is being confrontational and you are just shooting them down and, and you're being confrontational back, then that's the type of thing where the audience all of a sudden is just like, oh, it just leaves an awkward feeling in the room. So make sure that you're taking the high ground and 
someone's continuing on and they're trying to continue to be confrontational, one thing that you can do is you can just tell them to catch you afterwards and that you will answer their question. And so you can also do this as well if the question asked isn't really relevant to the group. You know, if, if I'm speaking about time management and then someone's raising their, their hand and saying, hey, I want to know how to build a, a house I don't know why they would do that, but if it's something that's just not relevant at all, just say, hey, tell you what, would you just catch me right afterwards? And I'm happy to talk with you. And so this is another thing that you can do whenever someone just keeps asking questions or is very, very confrontational. Uh, another thing I would say is before you you call on someone, again, remember, you don't have to call on people, but if you're going to call on someone, just use your best judgment before selecting people to ask questions. So if you, if you select someone who seems very uninterested and angry the entire presentation and their arms are crossed and they're disagreeing and and they're rolling their eyes, and then they ask some confrontational question, it's kind of your fault, all right? So just be, like, use your best judgment and kind of read some of that ahead of time. Okay, another situation that comes up. You get a rambling question that makes no sense. It goes on and on and on and on. A couple thoughts here. First of all, the, 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 the person asking the question is usually just nervous or they're just having trouble formulating their question. You know, they're not, they're not trying to be rude. They're not trying to be disruptive. They're not trying to be mean and anything like that. They're just, I have this question and I'm just not really sure how to ask it. So I'm just going on and on and on, just circling the drain, trying to find my way to the question. So if they continue on without making any progress, so they're adding a lot of unnecessary context or history, I want to ask a question here. But first, I want to tell you about my dog, Fido. And whenever I had Fido, there's this one time I took Fido on a boat on the lake. And it was a windy day, if I remember. It was kind of cold that day. I think it was in September. It was, And they start going on and on and on. Don't be afraid to interrupt them. Okay, Again, you're trying to be in control of the situation. So you're doing this not to be rude, but to be helpful to them. And not only helpful to them, but be helpful helpful to the for the audience like you're being respectful of the rest of the audience because again they're they're not trying to be mean they're just having a tough time getting to their question and so one way that you can do this is if you interrupt them, you can ask a couple of clarifying questions, like a, a great clarifying question is just say, can, can you help me understand what your question is or how can I best help you today? And so you're just basically like cutting them off, say, hey, how can I best help you today? Like what's what's the question you're, you're wondering about? So just help them get to the point. Another thing that you can do is if someone is going on and on and on and on and on, like we talked about earlier, you can have them just catch you afterwards. That is very effective. If you want, you can give out your email or just say, hey, just tell you what, would you just shoot me an email and uh, I'm happy to answer your question? Because you're, you're again, the point is you're not trying to blow someone off, but you are also being respectful to the audience. If someone's going on and on and on and on, then you, you want to be able to cut that off for the sake of the audience. Okay, another situation. Uh, let's say that someone just wants to share their opinion or their advice, okay? Uh, to me, this is fine as long as it's concise and to the point and it's relevant and applicable to the topic, all right? So if someone gets up and they say, well, hey, you know how earlier you talked about this? Hey, I just wanted to give some my thoughts on it and yada, yada, yada. As, uh, that's fine if it's adding to the conversation. Now, I do have a problem with it if it's not concise, if it's going on and on, if it's not relevant, if it's not applicable, if they're trying to be confrontational. So if that's the case, they're just sharing some opinion or advice that's not relevant or applicable for everyone. I would always just, hey, thank, hey, thanks for the comment. Really appreciate the feedback there. And then just politely redirect the conversation to stay on topic. So again, you're not trying to belittle the person who asked the question. You're not trying to be mean to them. You're not trying to embarrass them in any way. But your job as the speaker is to redirect the conversation. So it's okay for people to share you know their their opinions or their two cents as long as they're 
it's to the point. If someone's like, hey, remember how earlier you said this, you gave this example? I just wanted to say, I've used that. That works really, really well. Perfect. Excellent. It's, it's basically like giving an amen in church, right? If someone has their little quick 30-second amen, I'm good with that. But if someone's going on and on and on and on, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, that's where you have to step in and, and, and say something. Let's say another scenario that might come up would be, let's say that you are asked an impossible question, all right? Someone asks you, they're either they're trying to trap you or they're just trying to, or maybe it's just a, it's just a tough question that you don't know. Don't be afraid to say, I, man, that's a great question. I, I, I don't really know because the point is you don't know everything. So don't act like you do. There's people that ask me questions and I'm just like, that's, I don't, I don't really know on that. And if that happens, one thing that you can do is sometimes I will turn the question to the audience. And so if I'm asked a question that I just, I just don't, I just, I'm not sure. Does anybody else have any thoughts on that? Does anybody have any feedback on that? Or maybe you've experienced something similar. I'll open the floor to the audience there. Again, going back to what we just talked about, I'm fine with other people sharing their opinions or their advice as long as it's helpful and it's concise. So it's fine to, if you, if someone asks a question that you don't know, ask the audience and invite them to jump in there as well. Okay, one final situation that may happen sometimes is depending on the nature of the topic, after your Q&A, you could get cornered after a presentation by someone who won't stop talking or asking questions. Again, not in like a confrontational, harsh way, but sometimes people are just like, you're a speaker and that's cool to them and they just want to talk your ear off, right? So if that happens, again, I'd come back to just asking a clarifying question. Hey, what's your question? Uh, How can I best help you today? If they continue to go on and on, I'm fine to just give them a, an email address and say, hey, tell you what, would you just email me your question? And then also, again, be sensitive to the person, but be respectful of others who may be waiting to talk to you. If someone's going on and on and on and on and on, and there's nobody else there that wants to talk with me, my ego may be damaged, but I'm okay with that. I'm fine with letting them go on for a little bit, right? But if there's a, a line of people that are waiting to talk to you, then you want to be sensitive and respectful to those other people. And then finally, I would say that if if someone is going on and on and on and on and on, don't be afraid to excuse yourself if you have another commitment. So just stopping them. Hey, hey, I tell you, I got I got about five minutes and I got to head to this other presentation or I I have to head to the airport or I have to, you know, be at this meeting or something like that. Don't be afraid to excuse yourself if you do have another commitment. Don't miss a flight and don't be late to the next session because someone was just chatting your ear off. You you don't want to do that. So don't be afraid to excuse yourself. One little tactic I use sometimes if I got to walk somewhere, I'll tell the person, hey, walk with me. And um, we'll, I, I got to go from here to the parking lot. Uh, I got to go from here to the next session. I got to go here from to you know this meeting room. So I'll just tell them, hey, can you walk with me? Let's have this conversation. That way you're, you're able to just kind of knock out both things and, and get to wherever it is that you need to be. So again, the point is, is that doing audience Q&A is a lot of fun. It can be very, very beneficial for the audience. It can give you some great live feedback on the topic that you're speaking on. But there certainly are some things that may pop up from time to time that you just need to be aware of and that you need to know going into how to best handle. Now, of course, like anything, the more often you you speak, the more often that you do Q&A, the more comfortable you'll feel, the better you'll become at it as well. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that little conversation and discussion all about doing audience Q&A. But again, if you have questions, feel free to email us anytime or hit us up over at thespeakerlab.com. Let us know how we can help you and support you in your own speaking journey. Hey, also, let me again remind you that you can now pick up your free ticket, your free ticket to the Speaker Lab Summit, the online virtual summit that we're going to be doing September 11th through the 23rd. Uh, We are going to have over 40 different speakers, just some of the best of the best speakers, just sharing 
some of their best strategies, tactics, lessons that they've learned. We talk about marketing. We talk about fees. We talk about creating your talk, delivering your talk, storytelling, humor, how to build your business beyond the stage, courses, uh, writing a book, publishing, list building, bureaus, all of that we are going to be interviewing and talking with some of the best speakers on the planet all about. So again, you're going to want to pick up your ticket by going over to thespeakerlabsummit.com. Again, that is thespeakerlabsummit.com. Register for your free pass and we will uh, see you over there real soon. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.